You are now tuned into the tribe. Very sharp, passionate review of music and give you opinions you didn't ask for. I'm one of your co-hosts, DJ, joined by my fellow co-hosts and homies, Denzel and Marone. Make sure to follow the tempo of our show today. Welcome to the tribe, everybody. This is episode six of our second season, and I will be leading today's discussion. My name is DJ, along with my fellow co-host. Hey, Denzel. Was good. <laughs> you messing with the vibes, Denzel? <laughs> oh, no, you messing with the vibes, bro. I don't know what you're doing. The vibes and stuff. I'm dead. Uh, if y'all didn't hear my fellow co-hosts, it's Marone and Denzel <laughs> talking at the same damn time, but it's all good. And today's topic will be centered around a very underrated and underappreciated discography and rap by one of the best rap groups of all time, A Tribe Called Quest. And I've been scouring the internet this past couple of weeks looking at, you know, best rap discographies of all time. And I've seen so many rap artists, so many rap groups. And a lot of these lists don't include A Tribe Called Quest. And I'm here to tell you rap fans today that they have a top five discography in rap. And it's not <laughs> five. It's <laughs> not five. But before <laughs> we before yep. we get into uh, their discography, their legendary discography, uh, the Grammys happened. Fuck the Grammys still. Fuck the Grammys. But it still happened this past Sunday. And I want to talk about... Uh, a lot of first-time winners at the Grammys this year, and uh, a lot of repeat winners as well. Some deserve, mm-hmm. some had me uh, scratch <laughs> my head a little bit. But uh, so let's get into the winners. Silk Sonic. Yep. I saw uh, Anderson Pack with his bang, <laughs> his wig. <laughs> he got on the stage and he was swinging that thing. He said it was Jeez. a clean sweep. Mm-mm. Silk Sonic had a cl- clean sweep. They won Record of the Year, Song of the Year. Mm. Best R&B performance and best R&B song. So I wanted to get y'all's take on the year that Silk Sonic had because they had they had a really good year. Do you feel like Bruno Mars carried Silk Sonic or am I tripping? Tripping. I feel like a lot of people are like associating Bruno Mars with Silk Sonic, you know? And I feel like well, Anderson, the- pa- Anderson Pack's not getting his respect, you know what I'm saying? That's true, but he is like the big singer. Like he's a pop guy. He's popish and like he is the main voice they hear. But yeah, for sure he's underrated. Always. No, for sure. But, okay. For me, I would say Pac brought like the flavor, like like he 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 brought the spice to Silk Sonic. Where like Bruno Mars, of course, he has the vocals. Bruno Mars always has the vocals, but I feel like uh, Pac brought like the spice to the duo. Who's producing on those? Is it is it Pac production or is it somebody else? I feel like it's somebody else, but I don't know for sure. I I can't speak on that because it's so it's consistent so. and like it, it seems is. like it would be up his alley because he did he produced uh was it Compton for um. Mm-hmm. For Dr. Dre, so it's like he's everywhere, man. He's been doing his yeah. thing. Yeah, it's really it was really good. I went back and listened to the album in full. That's a classic right there, bro. Like front to back. It is, yep. Yeah. So good. Leave yeah. Leave the Door Open is a classic. I think that's yeah, Leave the Door Open is the one that won uh best R and B performance and best I mean mm-hmm. record of the year and song of the year. Exactly. Yeah. But like Leave the Door Open is like a classic. The whole album is a classic. Like they if they stay together, mm. they got something. They're gonna be a yeah, timeless group. They're a timeless group yeah. already. Yeah, hopefully it's not like a one trick thing where like they just keep mm-hmm. the seventies vibes. Maybe they keep growing and go in different directions. Because thematically, this one is like consistent, but I don't know if they could do it like two in a row and be the same thing. Moving on, uh, Tyler the Creator has won his second 
rap album of the year off the strength of uh, Call Me If You Get Lost. Definitely, in my opinion, no question, the best rap album that was released this past year. Uh, uh, so J. Cole is going to be ignored again? <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Yes, wow. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that mm. shit is loud. Uh, Kiss Disease 2 is pretty good as well. I, I got I got to give Nasus flowers on it. It was pretty good, but nothing is touching. Call me if you get lost. I'm sorry, man. You just got you just got to think about all the factors: the lyricism, the production, the uh, the concept, the theme. He was consistent through every song on that album, man. Like yep. I'm admit, Donda wasn't as good as Call Me If You Get Lost. Kings Disease Two wasn't. Off Season wasn't. Admit that shit. <laughs> I Not will say, all. yeah. Tyler had the complete package. That's true. He's mm-hmm. yeah, a very talented dude. It's time for him to. He already got Igor, but I guess this one too. Fine. I do want to say uh, he deserved both of them. I do want to say that there was a fifth album that was uh, nominated for <laughs> best rap album that got rescinded by one Mister Aubrey Drake Graham. But anyways, we're not gonna we're not gonna speak. Yeah, Certified Lover Boy got nominated for best rap album, and Drake oh, took it what? off the list. Yeah, good because he knows better. He knew that she was trash because <laughs> he knew he wasn't gonna win. I also wanted to say Donda Donda got nominated for album of the year so i thought that was the reason why it was going to win best rap album so i was still surprised when tyler won because i thought we were going to give it to terrible. kanye why would anyone vote for donda donda was cool. <laughs> it wasn't terrible it, it wasn't was cool. terrible man it was a good t- album if it's a it rap album and the lyrics are boo-boo like what are you talking <laughs> about i mean speaking of i mean anyway. you think a terrible album uh would win uh best <laughs> rap song jail him and jay-z Oh, that's Jay Z, bro. Are you joking? I just remember that Stop song. Stop all that's that recap. We going home? Yes. Donna, Dude, I'm, with your, I'm with your son when we touch back road. Mm. Come on. No, that is the fakest song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Z wrote that 20 minutes before he was recording. This is he really did. He really, yeah. He did. Yeah, he got that shit on real quick. Triggered. Mm-hmm. Go on. What's the next subject? Bro? Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're going to uh, R&B now with. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan and her. They, speaking of sweeping up, they swept up as well. Ooh. Jasmine Sullivan. Yeah, she won a best R and B performance and best R and B album with uh, Hotels. And, listeners, uh, listeners, remember what did I say? Best R and B artist out, Queen of R and B. What did I say? How many episodes ago was that? Go back, look at the tape. I've been I telling think, you. I think her might have something to say about that because she also won uh, an R and B Grammy as well for traditional R and B performance. So, hell yeah! If, if, if you're talking about like the artists that stand on top of R&B. I'll, I'll probably say Jasmine Sullivan and her are definitely the top two. Like, no, que- mm. no question. Compromise has been reached. Yeah, no question. No question. But uh, Let's move to the first-time winners now. Uh, Doja Cat... I'm, I'm going to go through this quick. Like, no discussion on this. So, Doja Cat and SZA, they won uh, their first Grammy together. Best pop duo performance. I do want to say Doja Cat <laughs> was using the restroom while they were announcing... Her great. Yeah. So she had to, she made SZA go up there in crutches oh. <laughs> to the stage. I'm dead. And, I but they, they both had to go on stage anyway. So SZA was in crutches because her clumsy ass fell off the bed. But oh. I, I, oh, why are you doing like that? I hope that you get I need to get in the crutches fall off the bed. I hope you get that bed off the ground. She she was fine until she yeah, she sprained her ankle oh, getting out okay. of the bed. Yeah. That but that, that's that's neither here nor there. Congratulations <laughs> to Cezanne and Doja Cat. Y'all deserve. Okay, and then Lucky Day, he won his first Grammy for a progressive R&B album for A Table for Two. Deserved as well. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo won. Uh, she cleaned up as well. Best new artist, best pop solo performance, best pop album. And 
our guy, PG Lang Fool, Baby Keem, Family Ties, <laughs> Best Rap Performance You Already Heard, Kendrick C. <laughs> Look at this guy. Beat him up. Beat him up. Haterade. Haterade. We're drinking the Haterade. Bro. Baby, Baby Keem wins. He's going up, man. Trust. Yes. Trust the process, yes. man. He's and I trust nepotism. He's like 22 so he, or 21. Yeah, he's young. He, yeah, yeah. It's so nice when you have your cousin as one of the best uh -oh, rappers. Oh, don't ever. do that. Right, nah. sure. So nice. Yeah. He is a bright. He is a bright feature ahead of him, part of a uh, PG Lang, uh -huh. and uh, you know PG Lang is going to be coming through again soon with Oklahoma. Whenever that releases, Dylan, stop lying to yourself. <laughs> you deserve better. You know that. Oh no! Yeah, all, all those Kendrick fans deserve better. Me waiting for Kendrick yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, just sitting here, standing here like Summer Walker. Okay. <laughs> all right. So that was our. Uh, Quick Grammys discussion, kind of quick. So now we are going to get into uh, our discography discussion of A Tribe Called Quest. And uh, this sound effect is, we play it all the time whenever we're about to get into our topics, but it's very relevant here. So it's time to check the rhyme. Check the rhyme. Before we get into the actual discography, I do want to talk about how the tribe came together real quick. So uh, Q-Tip, uh, during high school, he was a battle rapper under the moniker MC Lovechild with, <laughs> with uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who's also part of the tribe, was his DJ whenever he was battle rapping. And uh, the two, they started making demos together, and that's when Jerobi and Five joined soon after that. And uh, their group was first called Crush Connection. Crush connection. Crush connection. And, Makes yep. sense. And then later called Quest, just straight, just Quest. And uh, they went to uh, Tip and Ali. They went to the same high school as Jungle Brothers, which is also another uh, rap group. And those two were part of Native Tongues. I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. okay. But uh, Jungle Brothers were actually the people that gave a tribe called Quest their name. Mm. So, so of course, uh, and. Like I said, they joined. They both both groups joined Native Tongues along with Queen Latifah, De La Soul, Moni Love in uh, 1988. And Native Tongues, if uh, no one knows about that, that's centered around Afrocentrism. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Marona, if you want to talk about that a little bit more, <laughs> they literally sorry you got me caught off guard. First of all, I just I just want to say you know biggest try fan ever. You already know what it is. Hey. In the game. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying thanks that for that tired buddy, that tired ass shirt, man. <laughs> You gotta put that shit on retirement, man. It's uh, it's been too uh, long. Too many seasons. Hanging it up in the rafters. Too many Never that. seasons, bro. Now, yeah. yeah, so okay, so Native Tongues was a cool collective. Uh, they weren't officially a group, but like in the late 80s, 1988, 89, it was really when that scene was popping up. You had uh Jungle Brothers, you had like X Clan and that kind of crew. Uh, they were influenced by African Mbada and them. And like they really, really centered on positivity, like you know, uh Moni Love from Britain, Britain and then uh, Queen Latifah with like Unity, U N I T Y. The best song of all of them together is Buddy, the remix to that mm -hmm. that came out for De La Soul's song in 89. Mm -hmm. And it's like all of them just using different innuendos, talking about, you know, getting to the skins. I don't know how much of the slang Denzel you're going to pick up on, but they are very about a very pro uh, love, safe sex, like and all this type of positivity stuff in, a, in an era that's where it, like, yeah, NWA and everything was on the rise, but they weren't yeah, missing yeah, them. Yeah. They were just saying like, yo, which is what we're about. But yeah, Dylan, this is like my favorite type of hip hop was definitely the for sure. 80s. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of uh, rap and R&B centered around positivity, not on, you know, gang violence, drug violence and what goes on in the hood and the streets. So uh, very refreshing around that time where, you know, rap was, you know, 
littered and populated with that gangsta, you know, mentality. And uh, going back to Tribe, they joined Jive Records in 89 and released their debut album in 1990, which was called People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. A very, very long-winded name, but also a very influential album. And Mm -hmm. before I get into my notes about the album, I want to uh, pass it over to y'all and give y'all's thoughts and perspective on their Tribe Called Quest debut album. Go ahead, Denz. Uh, So someone who hasn't grown up listening to a a Tribe Called Quest other than the, you know, the most popular songs, Electric Relaxation, um, you know, etc., this album was honestly a very, as you guys said, positive album, Afrocentrism, self-love, appreciating each other, being the alpha homies and just living the day-to-day life. My favorite songs from this album, Footprints, After Hours, Rhythm, Go Ahead Go Ahead in the Rain, Description of a Fool, and Benita Applebaum. Also, on, even, though, even though this is not on the original, the remix with Pharrell Williams on the, 25, the 25th anniversary edition was pretty dank um nice. I, I love the fact that he remixed and didn't put his voice into it just to re- recognize how important they are to you know rap culture this album is definitely like that introduction album i liked um you know i love the jazz influenced rock with the sampling and then like the richard Pryor sample in the beginning of after hours was like crazy like that reminds me so much of mf doom and i was like oh so like you got artists like mf doom probably like got inspiration from a tribe mm-hmm. called quest and other very very popular artists to this day that's take inspiration from the tribe called quest so it's it was really cool listening to something so refreshing and just like nothing that wasn't about gang violence or anything like you know thought shit and money and all that shit it was just talking about just day to day living though like they they are really really refreshing Mm -hmm. yeah going back to this album dylan i'm glad you you picked the discography i was low-key about to steal this whole episode from you but i'm gonna let them live i know how much you love them um this first album i keep forgetting how many classics are on here because i listened to all this back like when i was a kid like a teenager like benita applebaum is like perfect quintessential it's quintessential and then like this Mm -hmm. is the first time i ever heard the word prophylactic and I was like, yo, what is that? Condoms? I was like, nah, bro, just things to stop you from getting diseases. Which I'm dead. Uh, storytelling on here is immaculate. Uh, Lucien, the story of the immigrant from mm-hmm. France, like, is so funny. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking of all the lyrics. Q-Tip is such a, a masterful storyteller, man. Like, he's one of the best lyricists. And the fact that he produced everything mm-hmm. in the discography oh, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, he's so well balanced. Uh, El Segundo is the perfect story of, like, just going down to Mexico and like just having fun and then i don't know, like he, he just paints such a great picture yeah pubic enemy is hilarious and also another psa for safe sex like and infidelity just so funny but yeah description of a fool i think is very philosophical this album is very philosophical it's about like not really preachy but being like these are the le- these are like very relatable things that could, like mm-hmm. you should teach this to kids like mm-hmm. this can happen if you're too proudful if you're not aware of what your partners are up to if you don't take care of yourself and like look out for other people and stuff like that build a community like this is what this album was and it was very very also like smooth in transition. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, very chill album, and uh, really uh, was one of the first that infused j- uh, jazz and rock mm. into rap and hip hop. And uh, th- at that time, that was a uh, very uh, innovative in uh, you know rap rap music, and where you know most artists didn't think to use those types of samples and those types of sounds. And uh, like you said, uh, Maron. Uh, Q-Tip's uh, production was masterful, break beats and R&B samples. Also using unconventional sounds like a a, a baby crying at, in the intro was great. Frogs and uh, was it was it ap- was it after hours where the frogs were? 
Yeah, or, I think it was okay, Rainbow okay. Rose at the end of it. Okay. Yeah. And the, the the guitar own strings on uh, uh, El Segundo were fire. Like, you know, sp- the French speaking and uh, Luck of Lucien. I know so like that song, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of unconventional sounds that, you know, weren't really widely used in uh, rap at the time. And uh, just a very positive, in terms of lyri- lyricism, just very positive, very fun-loving lyrics. Storytelling is great as well. And uh, also, in terms of ratings, you know, we use uh, here at Tempo Tribe, we use uh, mics. Yeah. It was the first album rated five mics by the source. People's instinctive so. uh, travels in the past are with them. So, yes. It's so, yeah, so a very influential album. And uh, Denzel, you had mentioned earlier about Pharrell's remix. It influenced uh, artists like Pharrell, like Kanye, to, you know, to say, oh, like, we don't have to rap about you know gangsta like the gangster mm-hmm, mentality exactly like the, the trap like we can rap about other things as well so i feel like this is one of the first albums that did that so going into the next year 1991 the low end theory was released by the tribe called quest their second album and uh reading uh doing some research on the album uh tip really started working on the album soon after they released their debut album and uh <laughs> five was I guess he wasn't too happy about that, but uh, he, he tip tip encouraged Five to uh, rap a little bit more on this because around this mm-hmm. time was when he had uh, got a diagnosis of uh, his diabetes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so this was the first album where uh, Five Dog and Tip started going back and forth on their lyrics, and yes. they started building their chemistry on that, which was enticing. And uh, Marone, you could correct me on this, but that's probably one of the first times, like you know artists rap artists have gone like back and forth in like the same like uh how do you say like the same verse i wouldn't say the first but definitely okay. the most prolific for mm-hmm. sure gotcha. okay. yeah i'm not sure yeah, yeah okay. i would have to look okay um yes, yes. And, yeah check the rhymes i think i think you and me if we had to pick like on our favorite like tribe song that we would agree on it'd probably be like check the rhyme or something yes like for sure Just but uh but go, go ahead maron talk talk a little bit more talk talk this album up a little bit more before i get <laughs> Man, to my was, notes i'm gonna leave denzel for the for the date rape one because i know he wants to talk about that one but um like butter this was the album where like five dog let it be known that he's not with the fuck shit like he's yep. here to stay that he's the uh five foot assassin like the trinidad terror like go just go to starting on butter where he's just talking about just all these chicks that he he has like he, he's been a hoe but then he got hoed out and then he just makes like he is i feel like he was one of the best r&b reference guy or like mm-hmm. he would make a reference to like another chick or to an RB artist or to a dude or do whatever. And like he just he just interweaves it so seamlessly. It looks like he's not even trying. Like mm-hmm. it's just so effortless. Like he's just he's really good at it. And eight million stories where he's basically like just he just paints a picture himself. Like he is also a storyteller where he's talking about how New York can be like trife. And like he's talking about his day. Like he just sounds like that friend that sits next to you and just talks about how bad their day was. And I'm just dead. like, bro, then I'll try to get my hey, car got broken into. A million oh, stories is on Midnight Marauders. Ah, oh, shit, it is. You're right. My bad. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's, all it's, good, a, lot, it's a lot of music. It's a lot it's of music. Good. Yeah, it's a Thank lot. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah. What do you call it? Well, then I'm out. Then I'm done. Fuck this shit. Oh, <laughs> this shit, I'm out. Yeah, bro. You're, bro, it's you're good. It's no big deal. It's no, no big deal, no, man. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah, we got the jazz and check the rhyme. We got the yep. jazz. Mm-hmm. is my, one of my favorite. Yes. What do you call it? Yes. So, like, when you talk about, like, the jazz influence, this is what, like, people refer to. Like, he just. Yeah. Anyway. Denzel, go ahead, bro. I'm just surprised, man. This man was talking about a date rape and just like the age it is, like in 1991. I was like, what the fuck? Because you have jazz rock influences in the background and you got this man talking about, you know, if she doesn't want it, don't be doing that shit. And I was like, 
God damn. Um, but the, but the overall, Infamous Dave Rape is my favorite song on the album by far. I've been playing that shit nonstop. Bugging Out is also honorable mention, but that's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, cool. Yes. Wait, you're not going to talk about classic, scenario? Good classic. Classic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Chuck, I mean, Chuck Duran's good. Yeah, but I'm saying, yes. like, these are my top. Wait, wait, wait. We're not going to talk about scenario, the best posse cut of I, all time? I, no, let, let, me, let me get it. Okay. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> let know. So, the production. Let, let's get into the production first. Uh, still infuse that jazz. Not really too much rock on there, but a deeper bass. There was more bass. And speaking of the title of the album low end that goes into the bass pitch so ah. like the frequency of the bass or the yeah the pitch of the bass the sound of the bass is like very low so that's the low end and also the status of black men and society of course they talked about you know where black men are in society how they're treated in society they mm. discussed that on a track or two in the low end theory and also of course uh they talk about uh the rap industry, the music business, mm. and where you know that they all they also have to navigate that as well because around that time they were kind of fighting with Jive Records a little bit. There was a little bit of tension in terms of like the types of songs they wanted to release and whatnot. Uh, one of the songs they made was found to be a little bit homophobic, too homophobic, and they had to they had to shelve that one. So a lot of tension. So I think that's where I think it's called Show Business is the a track where mm. they made. So that's yeah. that's where that came from, uh -huh. but. Mm. Um, the lyrics were more elaborate. The wordplay was more elaborate on this album compared to their debut album. These tracks, man, jazz. We got the jazz. One of the best, in my opinion, one of the best rap songs of all time. Great song. Yep. Uh, great uh, sample, Q-tip, masterful producer. Check the rhyme, of course. I mean, that's mm -hmm. our that's our uh, sound effect <laughs> for our uh, podcast. Scenario. Featuring leaders of the new school and Busta Rhymes' breakout <laughs> performance. Yep. Come on, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come on, man. Come on. Scenario. Rawr, like a Dungeon <laughs> Dragon. Yes, yes. <laughs> nah, what'd you call it? Leaders of the new school, man. I don't know if y'all ever heard any of their stuff. They had some good material. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but Busta's group before he, yes. he did his own thing. Mm, man, sure. Scenario, I remember, I think I remember I listened to Tribe because of Scenario because I saw it on BET, like an old BET video. They're like, yo, mm. throw back to 1991. And I just saw like the video itself playing, like it's really like creative and colorful. And then just like one after another, it just got progressively better artists, better artists. Five comes in crazy. Q-tip pops in here and there because he don't want to overshadow mm -hmm. nobody. And then Buster mm -hmm. just burst through the yep. scene. Like he stole that the, whole song. He stole perfect, that whole track. Stole perfect, it. Perfect. Perfect possible. There's nothing better than that, man. What? No hands wallet? No, there's nothing better than this. Hey, he's gonna do better. <laughs> what? No hands like, by wallet. Like, you know, like Why song, are we talking about no, hand, no hands by Wale or Waka Flocka? What do you mean? Waka Flocka featuring Wale. Like, the okay. like what's a posse cut song? You know what I mean? You no, know, because yeah, yeah. I said that because Why the mixtape like? where he has that song is called the posse cut. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. It's a deep cut, sorry. Okay. And then, of course, uh, Butter. Butter is one of my favorite tracks. And mm. uh, five, five Shines on that. And uh, I think with that song, uh, Tip was trying to get on that, too. And... Fife was trying to fight like I need a solo track too because you're on everything. So Ooh, that's where that's where Butter came. I'm I'm fucking around. I'm I'm yeah, embellishing what happened, but that's pretty much what happened. Nah, you never know. Okay. So now we go into uh the tribe's third album. You know, rap fans and rap critics say the low end theory is tribe's best album. In my opinion, Midnight Marauders is Tribe's best album because the lyrical <laughs> wordplay, the lyrical content, the lyrical mm -hmm. performance. It's just so top notch, and the way that Fife and Tip just go back and forth on the verses, like Not it's cool. just the chemistry is just unmatched, 
And, you know, the production, while is, I'll probably say is not as enjoyable as the low-end theory, it's still great. Still mm-hmm. great production. So uh, I want to get y'all's thoughts on uh, Midnight Marauders. Hey, isn't this album like the album that people usually come on to, uh, come to whenever they think of A Tribe Called Quest? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Low-End okay. Theory, too. Ah, uh, low end theory as well. So mm-hmm. I gotta say, my favorite song. This is Steve Beak, Steve Beak, Biko, Steve Biko, Biko, Biko. Obviously, Biko. Then also you got electric relaxation. Yes, of course. Other than that, I mean, other than that, like I agree with you, Dylan. You know that production wasn't the same as it was in the previous two albums, but lyricism was on a different level. Like they just, I don't know how they keep going up from what they've previously mm-hmm. done. You know, like, how does yeah. that make sense? They're just random dudes from New York. Like this isn't like. They came from an academy. They just went to the same high school yeah. with another group that happened to get famous. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Den- Denzel, you talked about Steve Biko. Um, let me hop on that real quick. You know that's a reference to the anti-apartheid uh, activist from South Africa? Oh, really? Yeah. So I was watching. I was in social studies in 10th grade. And I had my little MP3 player. And I was playing that album. And then they put on a video. And I was like, all right, what, what's the movie they're about to play? And it was the, the Steve Biko movie that came out in like 87. And I saw the title. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked at my man, three <laughs> players, the same name. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so yeah, man, they, they, they about this, man. The, the Afrocentric is real, yes. bro. Like it's a good movie, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, I love that, man. Um, and then 8 million stories. So copy and paste what I said earlier. Just a magic <laughs> lesson. And giving you just painting a story. Electric relaxation. Did you guys know the controversy? This came out like maybe a few years ago of like what they're actually saying in the host. Uh, no, go ahead. Yo, it's like saying? relax yourself, girl. And then what do you think the rest of that is? It's supposed to say please stop playing, but then it's please settle down. Yeah, it sounds like please oh, settle down. Everybody's confused like, like for decades. Yeah. Nobody knows what he's saying. Like the producer was on there, like, bro, I can't even tell you what we said anymore. I don't even know. It's kind of <laughs> like that, it's kind of like that Lloyd she five two fine two shit. <laughs> Wait, what is it? She's it's a, it's supposed to, it's supposed to be she's fine too. But a lot of people say she's 5'2". And I was like, that makes no sense. And then when people ask Lloyd, they're like, oh, it's whatever you want it to be, baby. <laughs> no! You're the one that wrote the song. Nah, I'd be on that shit. I'd be on that shit too, though. Like, whatever you want to be. All right, let's stop yeah. talking about Lloyd. But uh, <laughs> No, this, this uh, album's great, Dylan. This yes, album's great. very great. Um, uh, really great. Not not a lot of uh, jazz, but there's there were still some elements of jazz. But definitely more hard-hitting bass that boom bap like it was it was more of that boom bap like hip-hop sound uh some elements of funk and uh also some uh, additional elements of soul and r&b and i want to talk about the narration the yeah. digitized voice from uh it, i looked it up it was jive secretary laurel dan oh never heard God. of this woman but i love i love the narrative voice it's just it's just immaculate it's great did, did you it. know that the aids epidemic is mostly in yeah, black and brown communities. I was like, damn, bro, I didn't know that. Keep bouncing, keep bouncing. Let them know, let them know. Keep Wrap bouncing. And yeah, uh, this, yeah. this is no, this is where uh, a lot of their like well known tracks come from Award Tour, Electric Relaxation, Larry Sago, Oh My God, so many great tracks. And then Stir It Up, of course. I, I mean, I could pretty much name the whole. I love, I love the album from top to bottom. I, I feel like the, um, the Chase Part Two is slept on. Yes, it is. Because it's so funny. It just starts it out is. with Q-Tip fat shaming his friend. He's like, yo, Fife, you got fat. <laughs> yo. <laughs> calisthenics. He said calisthenics. Come on, man. That's the disrespect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good song. Good yes. Album. Yeah, great album. And now we get into uh, the fourth 
Tribe album, and this came uh, three years after Midnight Marauders in 96, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And uh, this is where the Uma came into, uh, you know, relevancy with uh, Jay Dilla, Q-Tip, Ali Shahi Muhammad. R.I.P. Jay Dilla for real. Yeah, R.I.P. Jay Dilla. But uh, Jay Dilla, he produced a handful of tracks on mm. Beats, Rhymes, and Life. Uh, awesome, in, in my opinion, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, production-wise, is probably one of their best albums. Really? Okay. Yeah, wow. I, I think production. Because, like, I, I would say low-end theory for me is, like, I wouldn't say sonically pleasing, but like for me, it's like I enjoy listening to that production more because it's mm-hmm. just like the instrumentation on that. But like with, with the way Jay Dilla incorporated his, like the way he uses like vocal and sound effect sampling, and then yep. the way, you know, Q Tip also incorporated that into his production as well on this album. It was great. I love that. And uh, I want to get y'all's thoughts on this album. So I'm not even going to lie. This is where I started like. Tr- getting getting with the discography so i haven't listened to this fully yet okay so, but, cool. I will, but, I, but i have a question to ask with jay dill's uh, production is it the same as it was before he passed away or is it was it completely different you can and i guess a, i guess it's a question for both of y'all like so pr- yeah. so the production on beats rhymes and life when jay dill first started is it the same is it similar to what the production was now with his own work or was it completely mm, different he's, his work was so diverse to me man like this stuff I couldn't I couldn't tell you to be honest. Like it feels like he was always the sampling king. He was mm-hmm. always the king of like stretching out a beat and finding like a, a part of the sample that he could flip into something like you would never hear before. You wouldn't even recognize the sample. So if you told me that like him and Q Tip like you can interchange them on this album, you probably could. But um, yeah, his later work was I don't know. It's more iconic for sure than this. Like if you told me that Dilla was mainly on this album, I wouldn't believe you. Like I remember him more for his own work and his stuff, mm-hmm. like okay. Far Side. And stuff like that. But. I would say, I would say with this album, it was it wasn't too many tracks Dilla was on, like Maroni was saying, there's like three or four tracks. But it's just like Q Tip kind of took that inspiration from Dilla and then used all a lot of that in the production on this album. For me, I would say Dilla's later work was more nuanced and more I guess it was more masterful. Cause like mm. with with this one, is like he'll take a sound effect, but like you can pretty much tell like what the sound effect is saying. Where like other songs it's like the sound effect you really have to like research and find out like what sound effect he's using so i, I would say that's the difference oh, but uh, <clears throat> uh lyrical wise i would say is not as great as midnight marauders but i'll still say it was a pretty fun album to listen to mm. in my opinion I, I would say like the energy i like mm. it, it maybe the lyrical content was a little bit darker than their pot their yeah. pos- usual positivity mm. i feel like if i heard this album in a concert i would be i would be hype because it was it was it's a really for me lyrically it's a really fun album to listen to and i still think uh tip and uh five thing while i would say the chemistry wasn't as great on this album compared to midnight marauders uh their lyrical performance was still great it was still masterful so at what uh, point in the discography was his it was five's illness really getting in the way mm, of the world do you remember i think i want to say it was the love movement Love movement. Okay. Yeah, I think it was the love movement. I know it was but, getting uh, harder for them to. Yeah. Yes, because uh, I do want to talk about that a little bit. So Five moved to Atlanta after mm-hmm. um, Midnight Marauders dropped. So like their studio time wasn't together wasn't as frequent. And in a tip, this is this is around the time he converted to Islam. So mm-hmm. the their lyrical content started to get uh, a little more serious, which of course contributed to uh, this album more grimier and explicit lyrics. So, yeah. but still, still some uh, great tracks like "Once Again," 
was fun. Get a hold. That's one of the Dilla songs. So that was good. The pressure and the hop. The hop is one of my favorite uh, tribe songs for sure. I, I love the hop. But um, <laughs> I beat your monkey ass like. <laughs> <laughs> a fool. But i was yeah. gonna say stressed out was one of the songs i remember hearing yeah, probably in out. the 90s because it was a faith evans track mm, yeah but faith yeah evans. this whole album was like beat wise man they're unbeatable they're just mm-hmm. yeah no even if their worst albums is like sonically one of the best albums yes mm-hmm. that's what i was saying like the production even though like lyrically is not as fun as like the other albums like the production is still great i was gonna say also like lyrically this is like a it's the sign of the times because like if you would like the late 80s 80s early 90s was it, the perfect time for afrocentric lyrics mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then like through the 90s it did get a little bit more grimy and a little more violent like they're well, friends they were friends with a lot of people in new york like uh red man and them so like mm-hmm. it would make sense oh, that okay they would be, they were very friendly these are like one of the most friendliest dudes in, in hip-hop man like yeah, they, had, yeah. they were with everybody and then q-tip was producing for like everybody yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. nas uh, yeah what do you call it mob deep, mob deep. Mm-hmm. yeah okay all right we get into the love movement i don't have too many notes on this because it's not really it's probably my least, definitely my least favorite tribe album still like a stripped down r&b and jazz production with mm-hmm. the hip-hop and the production was still great still had dilla on some of the tracks but uh, i i would i want to say lyrically it didn't really hit as hard for me as uh their uh first four albums so what's y'all's thoughts on the love movement um my thoughts are looking at the album cover alone you know, I compared to all the other albums. They don't really have the Afrocentric, you know, art, 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 yeah. art, you know. So is it because is it a completely different sounding album? Like what was the difference between this album and the other albums? So this was more of a concept album. Uh, they were trying to do a concept on like the different types of love, like family love. There was one about um, I think it was Q-Tip talking about his mom. And for then, moms, uh, yeah, for moms, yeah, and love then the moms. Uh, about, of course, romantic love as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, like I said, a chill, serene vibe, but like it, it didn't really hit as hard. Mm. Um, and also, this is around the time where uh, they started to. I, I think they announced their um, they were breaking up before this album released. God damn, yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. What do you call it? Uh, find find a way is still one of the yes. best songs. Though. Find a way is still fire, and then I love uh. Stepping it up with uh, Busta and Redman. That's a good track. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, gi- I, Give yeah, Me yeah. as well. Give Me as well is another good one. Mm. They did the the remix for, I don't know if this is, this is like a Spotify thing, but they had the scenario remix on here. I think, I think it's a Spotify. I think, I think those came later. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you know this? Okay. Do you know the story behind this, the, the remix for? Okay, no so the, there was a mixtape that had like interviews interstitched with like different before a song came on, and okay. they talked about the scenario. And apparently, the first guy on the song "Hood" was like this young dude that like a like more of a Grammy rapper that they were like mm-hmm. talking to and trying to put on. So yeah, he yeah. records that verse, and then he dies like that day or the day later. Oh wow! Shot and murdered, and they're like, "Yeah, it was just really sad, man." And we were just you know we wanted to put that remix out there for him. Like he was he was gonna be big. Like we really really believed in him. Wow! And he put on so that's way kind of. Yeah, kind of a sad story for that remix, yeah. but yeah, this this album, man, um, the love, hot sex is probably one of the funniest songs, man. Like, mm. hot sex on a platter was, always makes you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Fife is so good, bro. But yeah, this this album is definitely like of all like from the hits to the hit ratio of like how many of them just like standout singles. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe like a, just a few. This is the lowest number. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Okay, and then uh, there was of course. I mean, their last <laughs> album was released in 2016, so definitely they broke up before the love movement. A little mm-hmm. bit of a lull, just a little bit. They didn't get together again until the Yeezus tour in uh, 2013. So they they performed a few uh, tour dates with uh, 
Con Yeezus at that time. And uh, they decided to record again uh, once they performed on the Fallon show in uh, November 2015. And funny enough, that was the same night that the Paris attacks happened, the terrorist attacks. Oh, shit. So because of that, they were they were pretty much like emboldened, charged up like, hey, we should put our differences aside and like uh, put another album out for the culture. So I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they did. And sadly, while they were uh, recording this album, uh, Five Dog passed away from uh, complications with uh, diabetes. Mm. And then Q-Tip went on to finish the album in his memory. A lot of features, notable features from Three Stacks, Andre 3000. Mm. The greatest rapper alive, Kendrick Lamar, and <laughs> Anderson Pack, a half a soul Sonic, uh, Kanye, oh Busta Rhymes, of course, Consequence, and Elton John. So I want to get y'all's thoughts. I don't, Denzel, I don't know if you heard this album yet, but I want to get y'all's thoughts on uh, We Got It From Here. Thank you for your service. I've heard bits and pieces of this album, but I mean, you know, compared to all the other albums, I know this album didn't get as, as well received. And that could have been for a multitude of reasons. The feature list was pretty stacked. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie. <laughs> Three stacks. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but, but we got to really talk about, like, the album cover itself is very interesting to me. Like, I I don't even know what the origin of it is. Do you guys know what happened anything about it? it? It's still a little bit of that Afrocentrism because it does have those, like, Afrocentric colors in there. The but other than green. that, I don't really know the – I know the background for the album name, but not the album cover. Hell yeah. You might might elaborate on that, man. For sure. Okay, so it it really has no meaning because (laughs) (laughs) so Five Dog Dog was the one that actually came up with the name and Jerobi and Tip were like, oh, we have no idea why he chose this. And then after it, they passed. We're like, we have no Uh, idea why he chose it. But since he passed, they used it in his honor. Damn. Yeah. It's sad. Five Dog is one of my favorite rappers of all time. So... So it's yeah. good, man. Uh, yeah, I'm with Denzel. I didn't really like this album. I, when I remember when it came out, I was like, "Ooh, I'm really excited for a new Tribe song." Mm-hmm. And then like album, and then this came out around the same time. Time Trump got elected. Yeah, and I was like, "I'm not a move for any of this shit." <laughs> I need, yeah, I wanted them to be better than that. So it was, it yeah, was and I think I think they also in in addition to the Paris attacks, I think this was around the time that Trump was also running as well. So like they wanted to release the album in response to that, and. I guess I'm in the minority, guys, because I actually like this album. You got it. I, don't think, I don't think Top to Bottom is great, but I think there's a handful of tracks like the spa- the first three tracks, the Space Program, We the People, and Whatever Will Be, mm. I, th- I think are great. They're fire. The Space Program talks about like you know how black kids and black youth are trapped in the hood. They're like, oh, there's no space, there's no space program for niggas, so you stuck. So it's pretty much like you know being trapped in a trap. So I like mm-hmm. that. I like that message, and then we the people. For me, I loved uh, Fife's Fife's uh, performance on that. So Black Spasmodic is another good one. Conrad Tokyo, I'm kind of partial to that because Kendrick is on there. That's another good Kendrick mm. and Five. Kendrick and Five going back and forth on their lyrics, so that was mm. great. So I, I would say I would say it was a solid last album for for the tribe. I wouldn't say, it, of course, it's definitely not one of their best, but I would say it was mm. a solid last album. For sure. Especially mm-hmm. considering they're like, you know, they're very old. They were very old at that time when they were recording. So <laughs> they're so old. By by uh rap industry standards. They were old. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's the discography of uh 
a tribe called quest uh some very legendary classic timeless albums in there some uh not so great <laughs> albums in there but overall production top notch q-tip can't be beat uh ali with the mix in and the dj scratches can't be beat uh fife with his uh a lot of uh how do you say it? uh sports references in his mm-hmm. lyrics so he he mm-hmm. did that masterfully kicked the lyric skills like pele one of my favorites so getting into the conclusion uh the influence of a tribe called quest so i mentioned earlier they influence pharrell they influence yep. uh kanye J. they influence cole. yeah J. cole, cole yep. common of course queen latifah she was in native tongues but mm-hmm. um, so so many artists that they influence erica badu as well mm-hmm. like so these artists, they know like, oh, so Tribe, they're talking about positivity. They're talking about other stuff that doesn't relate to the streets, that doesn't relate to black culture. I mean, it relates to black culture, but like, not like topics that are widely discussed in music. So mm-hmm. uh, they, I would say not the innovators, but they were definitely one of the pioneers to talking about some other things other than the typical like black culture uh, references in music. So uh, their influence is very widespread. Influence on us as a Tempo Tribe. I mean, it's, it's part of the reason why we came up with the name Tempo Tribe, a tribe called Quest. We use Check the Rhyme as uh, our intro discussion. Transition. Uh, yeah. yeah, transition. So, uh, yes, uh, for, Tribe Forever. Tribe called Quest tribe Forever. forever. Yeah, tribe Supremacy. So, uh, do y'all have any thoughts, final thoughts? I just got to say, you know, listening to, be, having the pleasure to listen to a tribe called Quest so far. It's it's like I said. I'm gonna say it again. It was very. It's very uplifting to listen to music that's not about gang violence. That mm. isn't about thought shit. It's about just going through life, making sure you don't do stupid shit, and you know, succeeding. You know. And so I was. I'm really happy to hear that. Also, I want to give my my uh, thoughts and prayers. You know, to Fife because that that dude was on some different level shit. Like I just I can't even comprehend. You know being able to listen to such 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 incredible music that they produce. And I'm excited to listen to the rest of this discography fully. And I'll probably re-listen to that final album again and see. Maybe I'll like it better. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You probably won't. Damn, bro. Tell you me tell me how you really feel. Yeah, no, you probably won't. It's okay, though. Yeah, man. I think Tribe, man, they were, they were storytellers. They were educators. They were comedians. Uh, and they were just horny as shit. I'm dead. Like, they were so on. I mean, that was just the most down to earth, honest. We're honest like, about it. Especially yeah, they were five. so, yeah, so cool, so smooth. Like they were like my formative years in hip hop and growing up as a kid was definitely like tribe centric. So yeah, and shout out to my little brother man Aaron, bro, because I remember I used to bump this all the time in high school, college, and like he would be riding around, and I didn't realize how much of an impact I had on him <laughs> until Heck I went yeah. home and like he has an LP, like he has a what do you call it, player. And mm-hmm. he would just start playing like just random trap songs. Like, bro, you put me on what you mean? I was like, damn. I'm like, that's all you listen to. <laughs> like, no, I, I didn't know you was listening. I'm so, dead. yeah, this is dumb, something that you can share with people. Like, I remember going up to random kids in like my school and be like, yo, you know this new tribe? Like, this tribe that I'm came dead. out. I'm dead. And they were like, who is this weirdo, bro? Wayne just came out with a new mixtape. Like, I'm, I'm dead. Like, but, yeah, man. So, yeah, this is, we have all been better for after being touched by the uh by this by this definitely, discography so exactly and i do want to say uh maroon you're actually the one that fully put me on tribe bro. back in uh what was it 2014 the year that we met yeah yeah so um i knew about tribe from like electric relaxation uh-huh. we need apple but like i knew they're like they're popular popular songs but i never really listened to them like that until maroon you put me on you just kept playing it in the background whenever we're playing video games. So I was just, okay, let me start listening to them. And then 
I bumped Midnight Marauders, Fire, still one of my favorite. Probably, I'll probably say Midnight Marauders is my top five albums of all time, personally. Mm. Personally, and uh, you know that's when I got into Low End Theory, People's Instinctive Travels, and then pretty much the whole discography from there. So hell yeah, I like that. But um, yeah, so I appreciate you, Marone, for putting me on to Tribe fully. A Tribe Called Quest, yes sir. One of the best rap groups of all time. My favorite rap group of all time, I'll definitely say that. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, we're gonna have that discussion later. Yeah, yeah. Wu Tang is in there too. Wu Tang is in there too. Wu Tang is in there too. But uh, yeah, so that that is our uh, discography discussion of uh, a tribe called Quest. I hope you listeners enjoyed our uh, throwback discussion of uh, a tribe called Quest. Q Tip, Five Dog, Ali Shahi Muhammad, and we can't forget the chef Jerobi. I was going to mm. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we can't forget Jerobi. But yes, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. this was our discussion. And uh, please uh, follow us on Tempo Tribe. Uh, please follow Tempo Tribe on Instagram and Twitter at Tempo underscore Tribe and TikTok. We're blowing up on TikTok. We're hey. blowing up. So hey. follow us on TikTok at Tempo Tribe. But, uh, but until we meet again, uh, I am DJ. I'm Denzel. Is wrong. And this is Temple Tribe signing out. Remember to always do what makes you happy. And stay safe. Yeah. That rhythm and pizzazz. The jazz move that ass. See you next time. Stir it up. Stir it up. Listen to a tribe called Quest already. Stir it up. Stevie. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. Yep. Represent, represent. <laughs>